the Capital Region's home for New York sports. This is 104.5 The Team, ESPN Radio, a Town Square media station. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. And good morning. <laughs> Have we done this before? Where well, are we and what's going on? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to any given fun day. Wow, it feels good to hear that again. On ESPN Radio 104.5, the team in the free. 104.5, the team app. I am joined in studio by Raymond Osterhout, One. Kobe Brickner, and myself. So, good morning. <laughs> First to Raymond. Morning. Morning, sir. Cobra. Good morning. Good morning. And uh let's uh let's do this little thing, huh? Yeah, dude. It feels good to be back. It feels like it's been like we said, we were talking about it yesterday. It's technically been three weeks. I mean obviously we missed two weeks of it, but you guys have had a lot going on. Um both of you guys went to Wildwood. I know my family's down there right now having a good time kicking it up in Cape May. Um so yeah, I know we're not gonna we're not gonna get into the specifications of that, all right, Cobe? That's uh, for that's for another time and another place. But um, I do know the Wildwood, Cape May, that that South part of Jersey is a lot of fun. Um, so I figured we start with that. You guys had some good, looked like some good memories, some good things going on. So I figured why not start with that? Let the people know, you know, what's been going on with us, why we haven't been here for a couple weeks. No, I can, I've, dude. I could talk about my my trips for the last <laughs> uh, for two the weeks, next two weeks. hours. Yeah, yeah. I know. but. Uh, I've just been a busy guy. You know, I've just been, I went to, uh, when I got my new job in April, uh, in late April, um, I, I accepted a, a new job and it came with, it was a little bit of travel and, you I know, I just, I didn't know how much it involved and I didn't know what it, what toll it would take on me. Um, but I, you know, I've had to travel to New Hampshire, I've had to travel to uh, Boston. Um, I've I've seen most of the Northeast now at this point, in, in you know the last couple months. And then on top of that, I already told you know I told this job when I started. Hey, I have a lot of um, I have a lot of vacations planned in June. So here we are in June, and I got um, a vacation where I went to Canada to see the F one races. Uh, and then I had, and that was a, that was a, a missing weekend here from one Oh four five, the team then followed it up with going to Wildwood Crest, New Jersey for my family vacation this past week. And Cobra got to come down for a couple of days. It was great. It was a great time. And I've been waiting for this moment right here to be, and listen, I'm just like you guys. I love my vacations. Yeah. Right. But you also know me. And you know I like to be locked in. You know that. hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm ready. I'm ready to be back. I'm ready to be locked in, going, chilling, and have some fun. And get back to work and get back to the radio and get back to the podcast and get back to all the good stuff that is any given fun day. Yeah, and we can sit here and say, you know, it's technically work, right, that we're here right now. But for the for us, you know, we we enjoy this stuff so much that this to me it is just another part of my day, right? It's another part of my daily routine that that I go through, and and that 
I really love doing. So for everybody out there who has who's been consistently listening to us since we started on here and all the new viewers as well, welcome welcome to the show. And um there's a lot been going on since we've been been gone and a lot of fun stuff in the NBA, good things with the Yankees, good things with the Mets that we're hearing about. Um so a lot of good stuff New York wise, I would say, for the most part. Yeah. And uh so I think so just to uh, to talk about what what we're going to I'd like to talk about on today's show. Right. Um, we'll talk about I, I think I want to touch on the Albany Patroons at some point. Right. They have yep. their finals mm-hmm. uh, coming up. Um, we'll talk about obviously you, you, we don't have a radio show if there's not New York Yankees and New York Mets talk. Um, we will talk about obviously everything that's uh, the NBA. Right. Free agency trades players on the move, where we predict these guys are going to go, where they already have been. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And uh, maybe, you know. NFL is only, this is the, or yeah, we only have say. one more month of no football, which is kind of crazy to think about. I'm already getting texts for fantasy football leagues. Yeah. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. For, I'm ready no, for some football. So I'm ready. I mean, football, football can always be a conversation. Yeah. Um, but there's just, there's so much to cover. There's so much to unravel and we have two hours to do it. So let's uh, let's get to work, and I believe we start this conversation. I, we could have started it in a hundred different places, mm-hmm. but we're here in the capital region, so we touch on the capital region, and that is the Red Mamba, Kevin Herter, getting traded from the Atlanta Hawks, the team where he was drafted from, and getting sent to Sacramento to the Kings. Um, the trade details uh involved two players and a first round pick um two two role players i'd say i mean not two great players um but two role players and just it was justin holiday mo harkless in a first round pick right yep. i mean i think that's if, if you're kevin herter right you're like hey i got you know somebody traded a first round pick for me that's, that's and pretty, two players that's pretty great yeah, yeah that's kind of cool that's what i was saying to you the, yesterday is it's it's so weird to think about how you know, we watched him, we grew up and watched him play, and I've even played against him a couple times when he was, what, two or three years younger than me playing up, but it's just wild to think that you, you know, you were across the court from that guy seeing him play, and you don't really think anything about it, and then, you know, six, seven years down the road, he's getting traded for a couple pieces for, you know, from a team like the Hawks that they went to the playoffs, he was a key role in what they were doing, and then they went and traded him for two guys where it was kind of like, what are they doing with it? So, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, he gets to go play with De'Aaron Fox and uh, and your boy. DeMontis Sabonis, former Indiana Pacer. Mr. Sabonis. So I think it could be, I think what I said to you was, I think he'll get more minutes. I think he'll get more shots up. You know, obviously playing next to Trey Young, you know you have that guy who's going to take 20 to 25 shots a game. And this might be even a little bit more of an opening for him. You know what I mean? So I think this could also be a good thing for him. Um, Is it a better win situation? I don't know. I think that'll be half, we'll have to see with the rest of free agency. And also too, the Hawks brought in DeJounte Murray. Right. So that was going to take even more shots away from Herder. So I think this is honestly could be a better situation for him for as far as his playing, um, his playing minutes go, his shots go and where his stock goes. Right. Because he could go to Sacramento, pop off and then go to a, you know, a championship caliber team in just a couple of years. See, now for me, right, like if Herder was a free agent and I was the Warriors I, and like they signed. So ba- the way I look at this, right, is Dante DiVincenzo was on the Sacramento Kings. He got traded there at the deadline last year. DiVincenzo, a 3-and-D guy, right? Good shooter, not much of a playmaker, but a good catch-and-shoot guy that you can bring either as a starter 
or have him as your sixth, seventh man, right? Kevin Herter is the it, it, they when they lost Divincenzo to the Warriors. I feel like they brought in Kevin Herter because that is that is Dante Divincenzo for them, right? That was exactly who he was the second half of the season last year for the Kings. So I look at this and I'm like, okay, so Herter's now in Divincenzo's situation. If he flourishes in it, right, and he shows that he can give good minutes, shoot, you know, between 35 and 40% from three and play some decent defense, get some good minutes. Uh, the team's young, right? So he's going to get opportunity. Who's to say in another year or two, he doesn't go to a contender and then now fill the role that DiVincenzo is going to fill for the Warriors. Yeah, exactly Which is going to be a guy off the bench who can give you a good spark and can whap some threes, mm-hmm. right? So I think of this as like another stepping stone in the career of Kevin Herter. And like, hey, it's not a bad path to follow. And I get DiVincenzo isn't Clay Thompson, but I do understand that everybody has a role in the NBA. And if Herter's path is somewhere like DiVincenzo's, he can end up on a team, uh, you know, an NBA championship contender team in two years, like you said. And, and you even look at it too, right? With this year's free agency and the Warriors market, Gary Payton goes out, gets a good, I would say a really good deal for him, right? Like he's a solid player to have. He goes out. Portland gives him his money that he deserves. Otto Porter Jr. goes out, gets his money that he deserves after the year that he put forth, right? Those guys, it, it just leads to better opportunities when you're able to go somewhere. Because you think about Otto, Otto Porter, right? He almost, he was top three in the NBA three-point percentage a couple years ago. No one was even talking about it. Yeah, because yeah, because he played on the Wizards, That's right? right? He goes to, the, the, the thing is, is that these teams see it. Not everybody might. But these teams that are contenders every single year go out and see that small those small things. Because to them, if it's another guy you can bring off the bench with the starting five that you have, like the Warriors, like the Bucks, like the Celtics, like the best teams in the NBA right now, it's only going to better their career if they can go out, like we said, into a stepping stone team like the Kings and just move forward. And, and then hopefully he can be like one of those guys where he goes out, goes to a championship team, wins a ring, and then goes and gets his money elsewhere or stays with them and continues to win. What do you think of the move? Um, as far as for Kevin Herter, eh, I don't know if it's... I think I'd rather be on the Hawks. I, obviously, I yes. But I, like I said, I think I think bringing in DeJounte, it's going to take away time yeah, from him. And you're right there. And, and, and Trey, getting his shots up, it's going to be a, a crowded guard position, especially with... Um, why can't I think of the other one's name? Who? Number 13. Where? In uh, the Hawks. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. That's Bogdan. He's, he's still there. Right. So it's, you know, you got four or five solid guys. And I think that's why they went and tried to get, you know, maybe some picks, see what their options were, because you don't want to have a guy like Kevin Hurd just sitting on your bench, not doing anything when you can maybe go get assets for it. So I think it was a, a it was a domino effect for him. I think the Kings got better. Um, they needed shooting this offseason and they're trying to address that um, little off topic. But um, the summer league started Keegan Murray. Oh, man. He's a bucket. He might be a problem. He was cooking up the uh, <laughs> Warriors yesterday. Oh, my God. He looked great. Um, but I think it's going to be a really fun draft class. Ho- hopefully, the Kings have figured it out, and they're now getting assets, and they're going to translate to wins. So, for me, like I'm, I'm, I, re- I read an article yesterday, and they said that the Sacramento Kings are winning the NBA offseason so far. Fair. I mean— I guess for me, they just signed they signed too many shooters for me to be like Herder's gonna have a prominent role though. They signed too many. There is such thing as too many. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Right? You're right. 
Murray, Murray can shoot, right? Murray's a shooter. Malik Monk, also a shooter, plays literally the same exact position as Herter. They already have De'Aaron Fox, who's a guard, right? So now you have, what is Murray technically? Is he a two or three? I mean, they can mold him in anything, So we'll say really. a three, okay? We'll give him the benefit of the doubt here for, for Kevin. Murray can play the guard, right? You're going to have De'Aaron Fox. You're going to have Malik Monk. Herder's going to be in, inserted into some six-man role now, right? I, I don't know. It just seems to me like Herder, Herder, I don't know. You can't even say that because Atlanta had a lot of guards too. Well, let's let's talk about this too. Kevin Herter for the past couple of seasons has been a start for the Hawks, right? Uh, on and off. On and off, but most of the time he's, he's usually in the starting lineup. Malik Monk, I would say, has been more of a role player besides, besides his time in um, play Charlotte. For him. So he was role player in Charlotte and he was also, well, I mean, I think he started a little bit in Charlotte and then he was a role player for. Yeah, but he had the, high, he had high upside is my point. And yeah. he's been in the league a few years now and we've never really sat there and looked at his name and been like, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. To me, Kevin Hur has been established. He's 13 to 15 points a game. He's a solid guy and he can shoot threes and he can, and he's been able to, he's been put on some tough matchups when, um, when I watch the Hawks play, when I'm able to like against Jimmy Butler and I feel like he does a pretty good job of you know, bodying up with a guy like that. So I think he's going to get his chance. And I think what the Kings are just trying to do right now is, like you said, Joe, I know too many shooters is a thing, but also they don't know what their path is for their franchise, right? They don't know what... Oh, they have no idea. Exactly. So they're they're just throwing pieces, throwing... They're putting a blindfold on at a bar and just throwing darts. That's what they're doing. And they're seeing which one hits the bullseye. So... so I, but I think that out of those, the guys that you named... Kevin Hurd is the best fitted to come out of that as so, the best player. So now we have – so there's a four there's four guards that are capable of being starters in Sacramento, and I get that, you know, we're a New York sports show, but this is Kevin Herter. He is New York. You know, he's New York basketball, right? Mr. New York when it came to, you know, high school and stuff. But <clears throat> all right, there's four guys, four guards. There's Fox, there's Herter, there's Monk, and then there's Davion Mitchell, who was also a first-round pick last year who can do the same things that those guys can do. He can't play make, uh, really, but he can lock up on defense. Who are you picking? Are those, are those four guys to be your two, be your two starters at guard? Because Harrison Barnes is going to start at three. Uh, I don't know who's going to start at the four. Uh, potentially potentially Murray. Murray could be, I mean, I don't know where they're going to swap the kid. Maybe, the, maybe he's a four, okay? So now you have pick two of those guys, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. I don't know if Herter cracks that. I think I he does. I don't think he cracks that. Jaron Fox is one of them, right? Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. No, but he's going to be a six. So man. is it Monk? Yeah. Is it I'm not saying he's going to be, a, I don't think he's going to guarantee be a starter, but I think he's going to be an important role player in their team. Monk, Mitchell, or Herter? Mitchell. Mitchell? Okay. Ray? I'd take Kevin. Kevin? Maybe I think when you, I think I'd take Monk. I would. Wow. Really? I wouldn't. Malik Monk was killing it for the Lakers last year. He was good. He was the bright spot. On a bad team, right? I mean, you agree? Good, good for he, him. Yeah, he was a bright spot. It. He's yeah. killing it. I don't know. I think I take Monk. Personally, I don't. I don't know. It's a good conversation to have. I think Herder's in a decent position. I would have rather stayed in Atlanta, and you know, he like he loved it there. And then he tweeted out after he's like, he's like, you know, basically slapping the face. So like, hey, this is this is the NBA, mm-hmm. my first NBA moment. Um, so there's that. But there's Kevin Herder. He's gone from the Atlanta Hawks. He gets traded. He's on the Sacramento Kings. 
And uh, let's hope for the best for him. Yeah. 100%. Yes, sir. I want to talk a little baseball. I don't know about you guys, uh, but. Am I ready for it? Yeah. The New I York mean, baseball talk over yeah, here? Yeah, you look like it. So uh, <laughs> when we come back, I'll decide during the break who I want to talk about, either the uh, Mets or the Yankees. Uh, but when we come back, there's going to be some type of New York baseball talk. Uh, it is any given fun day. It's Joey Haas. It's Ray Osterhout. And it's Kobe Breckner. We're here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. That's a good vibe. Found this song this morning. Ray, you ever heard this? No. It, sound, it sounds familiar, but could I give you the name? And Wait for it. Should I have known it there? Is that no, okay. absolutely not. <laughs> like, wait a minute. This is the same people who sing uh, walking, on a, walking on a Dream. I thought you were going to say Walking on Sunshine, to be honest with you. Bro, this was in a FIFA game. It's a good. It's a this good was song. in a FIFA it's a game. Song. I don't know really which one. It's but really good. Fire song. Yeah. It was definitely in a FIFA enjoyable, game. Enjoyable, very enjoyable. Welcome back to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team in the Free 104.5 The Team app. You are hanging out. I'm saying it once and I'm saying it one time only. Sunday Fun Day with Joey Haas, Ray Osart, and Kobe Brickner, and we're getting you ready for another week and recapping a week uh, or six. In uh, in New York sports and in in the sports world in general, uh, so let's talk about the New York Mets, right? There's some there's uh, there's been a rumor that's been floating around a little bit, which has been very interesting to see. And plus, uh, they're a good team in baseball, and uh, they have some guys coming back. So uh, Ray, who's coming back for the Mets? A couple guys, I think I've heard their names. Uh, before. They're they they're could be decent. They're, you know, I think. Uh one throws about 103 every pitch, and the other one is maybe one of the most psychotic men that I've ever watched go about the game of baseball. And one of the most dominant players for the past decade. Uh, no matter where you put him, what team you put him on, how good the team is. And those two guys by the names of Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. Um, Scherzer just had, a, um, what was it, he's set for Tuesday to come back against the Reds, so just a couple more days. And then today, the big day that I think a lot of Mets fans have been waiting for, that has been anticipated is he's getting a double-A rehab start today. He's projected to go about 25 pitches, and I think that is just, you know, a, a load off of Mets fans' backs, right? You said late July, it felt like it was going to be forever. You're thinking to yourself, oh, no, here we go again. Injury bug's getting us. But this this time, right, it's gone positive. It's gone good. And I know the thing that has been with the Mets the past couple of years is they get to the All-Star break, and then they fold, Right. They go down, they just drop off a cliff for some reason. And this is the thing that we want to see is they're coming back right at the all-star break. You're going to give them a little bit time. You're going to give them probably a start, right? Scherzer's going to get a start, maybe another start, and then have another couple days off of rest, to go, extra days off of rest to enjoy the all-star game and the all-star break. Same thing with DeGrom. You have a little bit longevity where you get four or five days off where you don't have to play any games. And then you come back from the all-star break and hopefully towards the end of July, Early August, DeGrom will come back, and things will be going really good for the Mets. So 
it's promising times right now, especially with um, I don't know if you want to get into the the lineup, man. But you know what I want to get into? Who? I want to get into Kobe's opinion on it. He's a Mets guy himself. True. We have before I say it, or before you talk, Kobe. We have great diversity in this room right now, right? We have a Boston fan, a Mets fan, and a Yankees fan. How much more can you ask for? Not much around the Northeast region. No, you can't. You can't ask for any more, Kobe. What do you think? You you got to be excited, right? Well, I'm excited for sure. Um, for sure, sir. this is what the Mets need. They need a spark because right now it sounds or it like feels like the Mets are just kind of slowly on the decline. The bats have been kind of going cold. I know Eduardo Escobar hit a nice three run home run uh, last night or the night before. Yeah, two, two days ago um, against the Rangers, but. I mean, they lost to the Rangers last night. That didn't look very good. Um, we started off hot in the first inning and just let it go. Um, I think we still need to make some sort of a splash for a trade. I still think we could definitely use a uh, a bullpen arm, um, even a catcher. But Joey and I talked about it. I'm, I'm kind of nervous for the Mets, honestly. Uh, if... These guys, Scherzer and DeGrom, come back, and we can't find the bats. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a brave show. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and uh, right, we'll talk about the lineup in a second. But there's been a rumor that's just been twirling around, right? Because DeGrom has an option, I believe, after this season. Oh no! And a team that is gonna be hot on his pursuit is a team that Kobe just mentioned. That's the Atlanta Braves. It's a very interesting story that's just starting to develop, right? It's not too crazy yet, but you can start to feel it, you know, start to kind of weigh on the shoulders of people. And they're going to start to say, oh, my God, not not only is he going to go, he's not going to not only is he going to leave the Mets, but he's going to go in the same division as the Mets and potentially to their arch enemy. I mean, the I, Atlanta Braves, I would be I would be sick, right? I would be. I don't even know what the word is because if you're a Mets fan this season, right, and those rumors start to pop up around October, or even oh, they're late, already popping. I'm up. Sa- I'm saying like they start to get serious. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Where Degrom starts to see at the end of the season that maybe like, not I wouldn't say that he's not locked in or anything like that, but I think you can kind of tell sometimes by interviews and body language with guys that want to stay there and guys that don't want to stay there, or, or they know their plans for the future, right? Like, we saw Freddie, and we, we don't have to get into that whole situation, but he, he won the World Series with that team and said, I want to come back here. I want to be here. Not a lot of guys are going to go and do that, especially in this day and age where money is so crazy with, with the contracts, right? Jacob deGrom is arguably, he's been out for how many months now? Two to three? Twelve. He has not pitched in an MLB game in 12 months. Wow. So, and he's still arguably the most coveted pitcher in all of baseball. That's that's arguable, yeah. But, I, right? He's right up there. To, to say it's arguable, Joe, for the top one when you haven't pitched in 12 months is kind of mind-boggling. You know what I mean? That's more of my point is he's so special in what he can do and how dominant he is on the mound when he is actually out there that this team will start to look towards the end of the year, start to look towards the playoffs and be like, if we don't win this year, we're going to lose this guy. Right, it's going to be one of those scenarios, and then it's going to just put more pressure, add more pressure onto onto Buck, onto the pitching staff, onto the hitters, onto the entirety of the team to perform well in October. Because this is probably the most confident we've been at in a Mets team 
in a few years. I feel like there's always been, you know, that one hitch, that one little thing. And we'll let the bats go cold for a month, like, you know, final what? I would say two weeks. Uh, I would say of June. Yeah. You know, that's okay. That can happen. And not everybody's going to, I feel like the, like if the Yankees don't have it, they're just inhuman, right? It It's baseball. You're not going to hit 300 every game. Your team's not going to hit 300 every game. So I think it's just more about the fact of keeping that confidence, keeping this team going, and not falling off the cliff right after the All-Star break. It's getting a little scary. It's starting to get a little scary it always does. It's never perfect for the Mets, right? No, nope. no. But just to wrap that up, right, so at the end of this season, he, has, he can be a free agent, and he declared that he wants to be a free agent. Uh, for next the, after the season, and I don't know. It just seems like the Braves could be the favorites to sign the two-time National League Cy Young winner. So, just to something to keep in the back of your head if you're a Mets fan, uh, could be a little scary. And like I said, it depends on. Imagine the Braves come back now because the Mets have been dominating without him. You know, so maybe it's not that crazy of a thing. <laughs> Obviously, you would want you would rather have Jacob Degrom on your team than not on your team, right? But it also puts the fact of Degrom's like, okay, I want to go get a ring. Like this team has been, it's just been a crapshoot from the start. You don't know what you're going to expect, and it's like you think you have something good, and then it just falls apart. And then the Braves, they go in last year and they get hot in the playoffs. They keep a good amount of their team. You know what I mean? Besides Freddie, obviously, and a few other pieces, but majority of their team is still there. You lose Ozzy, and they're still coming out on all cylinders, and you and you can go play with one of the most fun players to watch in baseball in Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just and a team that's shown that they can win. It's just amazing how the Braves have turned it on ever since he got back in the lineup. He, he's he's that much of a difference Night and maker. day. He's, he's that much of a difference maker, man. Like, he is – he's one of the most fun. And, you know, the thing is, too, when you saw, like, Freddie talking about it, He's like, dude, I love Ronald. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't have any bad blood now, but with that little stint that came out about it, Ronald is that important to a team. Fernando Tatis is that important to a team. You need a guy, a young guy like that to bring the energy every single day into the dugout on every single pitch and every single good play that he or somebody else makes because that makes you want to play harder every day, especially when it's 162-game season. I agree. Agreed. Well... That was the New York Mets. Maybe we'll touch on them again in hour number two. Uh, but it is it's NBA free agency season. It's the trade deadlines or it's the the trade season, right? It's that special time of the year where everything in the NBA just pops off. And I think it's it's the most exciting time of the year for basketball, right? 100%. Right after the finals, you have that week or two to celebrate. And then it's like, boom, here we right go. Back Everybody switches. <laughs> because you know how the NBA are a bunch of divas, right? That's just that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. And uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about some more drama. And this one is right right in New York, right in Brooklyn. Uh we'll talk about one of the two guys that is going to be on the move uh for that Brooklyn Nets team and uh you know where he might end up, what's going on with him. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Brickner here with you. On ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Not, 
Not a little Nickelback on a Sunday? I was just going to say, is this Nickelback? Sure is. I respect it. Um, once, the, once the chorus comes on, I will I will absolutely be turning it back up. <laughs> like right here. Yesterday was your last day. Tomorrow was too late. Oh, what happened, right? You like this? Yeah, why? Oh, it didn't seem like you enjoyed it at first. No. Why wouldn't you think that? Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, okay, I like rap, but like I can, you know, I can relate to some songs. Just right. matter, you got to have the right songs. Okay. I grew up listening, like my dad, the first song that you play, my dad probably wakes up in the morning at 5 a.m. and just throws that on and just starts punching the air. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He, that's his thing. I got the next that's song that I want to hear. I'm going to just. Uh yeah, there we go. I'm just gonna have it up just so I have it for like you, you. Like I can't tell you how much that makes his day. That we're on, the, me and you are on the radio, right? That's first thing. And then also, to every time that we start the show, it's started up by the Stones. It's actually like, start me up by the Stones, but I've never heard started up by oh, the Stones. Sorry. All right. Whatever. <laughs> um, see, the, there, there it goes. Where I don't know like anything about. Uh, see, look there. No, you do. You just got one word wrong, and like it takes somebody to know. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> welcome back to any given fun day here on ESPN radio, one Oh four, five, the team and the free, the free what one Oh four, five, the team app. And, uh, it's Joey Hots, Ray Osterhout and Kobe Brickner. And we're hanging out with you, uh, and we're having fun. And that's what the show's about. It's a fun day. It's a sports show. And, uh, here we go. So the Brooklyn Nets, there's two guys, right. That are probably going to be on the move from the team. Uh, not being named Ben Simmons. So let's, I want to dedicate a whole segment to each of these guys. And the first guy is Kyrie Irving. All right. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster of emotion. Uh, I think for Nets fans the last week or so with Kyrie Irving. So basically first it's the trade rumors that Kyrie wants to get traded and everybody's like, Oh my God, where's Kyrie going to get traded? And we're all like, I don't know, maybe the Lakers. And then he's like, no, I'm actually going to re-sign with the Nets. I'm coming home. <laughs> and then we're like, wait, Kyrie re-signed. Yo, the Nets are going to be okay again. And then Kevin Durant's like, huh, nope, I actually want to get traded now. And then Kyrie's like, huh, I want to get traded again. And here we are again. <laughs> Kyrie three, Irving, three years in a row? Kyrie Irving ops back into his contract, okay? <laughs> Says, I'm, I'm accepting this option. I'm coming back to Brooklyn. And then Kevin Durant's like, uh-uh, no, you ain't. You're Like, I'm out. Or if you are, I'm not there. And that's a whole debacle in itself, right? Because the rumors have came out that they still want to play together, but Kevin Durant calls for a trade. I, I don't know, okay? There's no rhyme or reason or rhythm or, or anything to what's going on in Brooklyn, but... We're here to talk about Kyrie Irving. We're here to talk about where he's potentially going to go, where you guys want to see him go, where I want to see him go, where we think he's going to go. I mean, there's there's so many different avenues, but a couple new teams, right? And if you're an NBA fan, you know exactly where he's wanted to go, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers to re-team up with LeBron James, potentially Anthony Davis, and create another big three of Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, all right? That's the, that's the biggest rumor, and there could be a trade as soon as during this show, right? It, it was reported last night that the deal could get done as soon as today, and it would involve Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, some type of other compensation as far as players, picks uh, being sent to the Brooklyn Nets. 
Uh, and we have yet to see. Uh, maybe Joe Harris is on the move. Maybe Seth Curry's on the move. But one thing's for certain, and that's he wants to go to L.A. And there's a couple other teams in the mix. Uh, but before we get into those, Raymond, not where do you think he's going to go, but where do you want to see Kyrie Irving play basketball next year? Anywhere but Dallas. Anywhere but the Mavericks. Where? Where um, do you want to see him? I, I'm going to let you think about that, and I'm going to go to Kobe, and I'm going to come back, and I want you to think about where do you want to see him? Not just on a whim, but think about this for a second, come back, all right, and give me an answer. Kobe, where do you want to see him play? You know what's crazy, Ray? Don't say it. Is I want him to see, or I want to see him play for the Mavericks. No. I do. No. So much. So I think that dynamic would be cool to watch. Luka and Kyrie, Christian Wood at the five. That's that's a good that's a good team. Three years ago I would have told you, yeah. I'm not saying that he's not a good basketball player anymore. He's just a headache. Yeah. He's a headache. You're right. Luka is the is the complete opposite business. He is strictly business, right? When we when he lost a game in the playoffs and he was like, all right, keep talking, you know, keep doing it. What happened? Suns didn't want to talk anymore after they lost, right? We shouldn't even have been where we were. Does, do I think Kyrie makes us a better team? Obviously. Is but, it going to work? I don't know because I don't know what to expect from him. Are we going to get 12 games out of him? Are we going to get, you know, he hasn't played in the past two seasons. But I feel like the Mavs won't feed into it, really. Um, I mean, Jason Kidd is no no BS type of guy. I, I I get that, but like I said, like I was saying to Joey, man, like there's so few people that could come into the Mavericks system and play behind Luca, take second fiddle, because you like Kyrie's not going to go in there and be a ball dom. Like KD is willing to give him, Kyrie his shots and willing to let Kyrie take the ball, go one on one. So is Luca. Uh, what he let Jalen Brunson take shots. Why wouldn't he let Kyrie Irving take shots? Right, but like. If you watch the Mavericks in the playoffs last season, 80%, like, yeah, every now and then Jalen will. Or if Jalen's hot and Luka's not, which is very, very rare, right? 80% of the time, Luka's coming up and dribbling the basketball. 80% of the time. Kyrie's not going to take that. But he did with he did with Brooklyn. He didn't dribble the ball up a lot. No, he, but, he really didn't. but what I'm saying is, is that he still ended up getting the shots off. Kyrie, if he wants it, if he came up, KD would still bring the ball up, but I'm saying that KD wasn't just one-on-one the whole time. Like, they would move the ball a little bit better than the Mavs did because the Mavericks don't move the basketball. It's Luka dribbles the ball for 20 seconds, and then if he can't get a shot off, he throws it to somebody else, and they got to hit a shot. So that could be perfect for Kyrie. I think I think he's—I'm going to ask myself the question. I'm going to say the Mavericks, too. This team gets substantially better if Kyrie Irving joins the team. I think— Jalen Brunson and Luca was a good was a good duo. I think yeah. Kyrie Irving because Lu- and, and Luca, Kyrie Irving and Luca is like ten times better. That's like Jalen Brunson on steroids. On paper, it is, but like I said, I just don't see it. I don't see Kyrie being like, yeah, guess what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit in the corner the whole the whole possession. And, and the Mavs aren't changing their dynamic. They're not going to stunt Luca's progression. Like KD's already KD wants to just win a ring. They want Luca to get better every year, right? That's my thing. Is KD is already going towards the towards the back half of his career? You don't want Luca's just starting. You don't want You're the guy gonna... with the deepest bag in the NBA. He has the deepest bag. You don't want the guy with the deepest bag coming in and showing Luca, "Hey, man, check this one out." 
No, check because he little, don't need it. Check this little thing out. He don't need it. Luca and Kyrie, first of all, are just one is the quickest in the NBA and the other is the slowest. And they still both make people do the same thing, right? And in terms of getting space and creating jump shots and hitting tough jump shots. That's one thing that I do love about Kyrie is how tough, like the tough jumpers that he can hit. But also it's, I just don't see another star. And I've told you this for months now. I don't see another guy that could come in and will take second fiddle to Luka. Like KD and Kyrie were 1A, 1B. It's not going to be that in Dallas. I'm telling you right now, it's you not. Think, you think in Brooklyn they were 1A, 1B? I think it was clear 1-2. Yeah, because Kyrie wasn't on the court half the time. So when he was, but when he was on the court, he was still coming up. Like, what, remember when we went to the Celtics game? Yeah, I see. The, now the only memory I have of that Celtics game is Kyrie Irving literally every fourth play getting the ball and the in those first three plays sitting in the corner running through the motion of the offense. And how did the Nets end up? They lost. How right. did they do last season? Kyrie Irving. They got swept in the first round. Is my point? It's the same. So even if it is like that, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same result. The Mavericks are better. The Mavericks are a better team, though. Doesn't mean that they're going to win more or be a championship more of a championship contender, though. Is my point. I think Jalen Brunson, a guy like Jalen Brunson, on the same level as him, is going to is going to make them a better team. It's like I don't think we'll win a chip. That's why I said Luke is going to be the Charles Barkley of this era, bro. We're not winning a ring. As I, much as I love the guy and love watching him play, I think th- that's the best place for him to go. I think you will not. I don't think you want to accept it because you don't like him. But it's not I, that I don't like him. It's that he's a headache and he hasn't been reliable. So just it's not for, that I don't like him personally. So just for the sake of other conversation, another team in my mind that would fit Kyrie pretty well. Here he goes. Is the Miami Heat. Um, I think they have the best package for him. I think you could dish Kyle Lowry, um, Tyler Hero, and maybe a pick or so. Maybe Duncan Robinson in the mix. Yeah, you got like eight guys on the bench that don't even play that are making but like 60, 70 million. So. That, that could... Be crazy, him in Miami. Yeah, um, I think after you've given me thought, I'd want to see him play with the Clippers. I know no. they just signed John Wall. No Hold way. on, I know they just signed John Wall, but do we know what John Wall is going to bring to them? Like a hundred percent. He for doesn't effect. need to bring no, that much. He hasn't played in like two it, seasons. Exactly. So I think if you bring him off the bench as a sixth man, and you have Kyrie, Paul George, and Kawhi, that is a crazy three. And it takes the pressure, even more pressure, off of John Wall. To me, that's that's where I would, that's why I would personally want to see him play. Where do I think he's going to go? Um, well, the Nets said that they didn't, they weren't going to accommodate him, so they're going to take the best deal. And to be honest with you, Kobe, you might be right in saying that, um, for for just Kyrie, for their sake, especially if the if KD ends up going to the Suns, which we'll get to later. Imagine that package of KD going to the Suns along with the Heat package of Kyrie going to the Heat. I think that would be the best two moves for Brooklyn if we're just strictly talking about the best move. But where I want to see him play, I think it would be a lot of fun to you know to see uh, Kyrie, PG, and, and Kawhi be good and, and see the you know the other side of LA has obviously been been up there, but they haven't you know reached over that peak. And I think he could give them obviously Kawhi brings them championship experience, but just have another guy on the team that can that can hit big shots. I think I, I personally I think that the Clippers are are just about done making moves. I think that there's three teams really in contention, maybe four for Kyrie, right? There is the Lakers, there's the uh, Miami Heat, there's the Philadelphia 76ers, who would definitely make the move. They, they'll, they'll make any move. 
and I don't know how that would work. And the Mavericks. Those are the four teams for I, me. I think where that would Kyrie be, Irving ends up. To be honest with you, I think that might actually like the Sixers would be it would be a sneaky good move too. But I don't know who you would really give. I mean, you'd give away what Tobias Harris, probably Maxi. Yep. Tobias, oh, Maxie. and then Thibel. maybe Thibel and like a pick. Yeah, I mean, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's going to be exactly that probably. So, you think him, Harden, and Embiid would win? Like they would, where, where, they're good three guys, right? But so. where where would I they, know. I or where would they realistically be in the East? I think they're better than the Heat. Are they better than the Bucks? I think they're right up there with the Bucks. I think they're in the upper echelon, right? They're a top four seed in the East. I agree with that. All right. Um, and like I said, Clippers. I don't think it's going to happen. That's just why I, I would love to see Kyrie, PG, and Kawhi play together. I think that would be a really fun. Oh, it'd be fun, but it, I don't. I just think John Wall is their guy. For, he's he's. Their I don't know guy. if that's the answer. No, it may not be, but it's definitely. I think it's it's definitely an upgrade to the team. Like I think he's a he is. If John Wall comes back and he plays at sixty percent, I think this is a good team. But I, we're not going they're down a, good a team without hole of John Wall. Yeah, they're all, they're a good team without without him. Right. I want I, I want to see John Wall do well. I think he's one of the top too. three just, guys in the NBA that I want to see do well. I know he played for not to go down the rabbit hole. I know he played for the Rockets and they didn't treat him very. He just had very bad situations. Good. And the Wizards, they had a couple of good years, but I like to see him get a chip. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so my final prediction, I think I think this this conversation was first something. I want to see him play for the Mavericks. I think he's going to play for the Lakers, and I think he's going to play for the Lakers by the end of the day. I do too. Oh, I by the end of the day? I think he's going to be on the Lakers by the end of the day. The, th- the, pro- the thing is that what I'm saying is, though, is they said that they weren't going to come out and accommodate him to what he wants. They don't care. And why should they? The, uh, rightfully well, so. No, the but they – but, but, Brooklyn has stuff or it, I think it's mutual that there's interest between both teams. And like uh, I read the report this morning, like there's there's serious traction being had like right now with the with the trade. And they said it could get done as soon as today. And like Westbrook, Westbrook, regardless of how he plays, bro, he gets a couple more shots. He's going to be he, he'll be OK. And I, I think yeah, they I, want I think, him. Well, I think they want him. And I, like I said, I think with Russell, too, I'm not ready to chalk his career at, no, like at no, all. No, like. People are talking about how bad he was last year. Imagine being on a team with two talented players. You know, one of the most ta- maybe one of the, a, a like a debatable goat, right? A guy like that, and then also Anthony Davis, who helped the Lakers win a ring as well, right? And be a crucial part of that. Give you just belittle you, right? Just say you had a bad game. You're the reason we lost, right? Imagine going in the locker room every single game and having that on your back, like. Imagine when he, when he was in OKC, what was he doing? He was doing his thing. He was being himself. He was playing. He wasn't playing to impress anybody else, and he wasn't. So, I think obviously, you know, Brooklyn isn't an easier media source. But I'll say this: not being on a team that is technically an NBA should be an NBA Finals contender at the start of the season, I think is going to be a better thing for Russell Westbrook because we've seen him thrive in those environments. I'll leave you with this, right? I think I think the trade gets done today, and do not forget. That Russell Westbrook, in 2016 or 17, averaged a 30-point triple-double and brought that trash can team to the four seed in the Western Conference, okay? That's it. So when you're debating this Kyrie Irving trade and all that comes with it, and Russell Westbrook's going to be the main piece from the Lakers, don't forget that. That's all I'm going to say. When we come back, uh, we have a short segment coming up here. Uh, We have a guest coming on the show at 11 a.m., in this short segment, let's talk a little Albany Patroons basketball. All right. We'll we'll uh, we'll cap what's going on with them, and then we will get to our guests at 11 a.m. It is any given fun day. It's Joey Haas. It's Ray Osterhout, and I got to find the mouse, and it's Kobe Brickner, and we're here with you.
on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Do you believe? I believe. Oh, uh, this is this is like serious club and vibes. Dude, no, if you take if you take the music, <laughs> even just like the, the vocals out, you're just in the yeah. A little fist bump. All right. Welcome back here to any given fun day on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the Free 104.5 The Team app, and it's the course. All right. <clears throat> so, like I said, yeah, welcome back. Uh, all that good stuff. It is 104.5, the team in the free. 104.5, the team app. It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostar, and Kobe Breckner. And we are going to talk about the Albany Patroons. So, they lose game one of the of the TBL championship uh, to the Shreveport Mavericks, right? Have I, have I said everything right so far, Ray? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm the person to be asking if you're saying it right or not. But, yeah, we'll go with it. Okay, fair enough. Um, and they're back at home for game two in a best-of-three series, 7 p.m. Wednesday night at the Washington Avenue Armory. Uh, I, I think I'm going to be there. So, um, What day is it, Thursday or Wednesday? Wednesday. I know. Uh, but I think uh, maybe Cobra will be around. So maybe we'll just pop out and support I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah, let my guy, um, I gotta, uh, I'm gotta. i not going to be able to find it. Fair I, ha- I have him in here. As, I think it's Vaughn. Yeah. If Vaughn's playing, let him know. I said what's good. Right. Um, so <laughs> game two will be, uh, like I said, Wednesday night, uh, 7 p.m. at the Armory. And it's, it's looking like it's going to be a good crowd. All right? And if you want to go see good basketball, uh, high-level basketball, and... You want to have a good time. It's not too expensive. It's actually very cheap. And go watch some good basketball. Go down to the Armory um, on Wednesday night, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I don't know too much about the series. I know that Albany uh, had the best record in the regular season, and I know that they need to step it up in Game 2 and get a win at home. So any any comments on that? I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a Patroon fanatic, so... No, I mean, I'm just looking at um, the Gazette's post that they put up yesterday uh, about 12 hours ago after the game, and Albany came out firing. They're they're a bigger team than most in the league, um, you know, from what I've seen, and this Shreveport team loves to shoot. So it's going to be two different types of games that you're watching, um, and Shreveport shot, what was it, what did I say, Joey, 60%? or something? Yeah, they shot 17 of 28, 60%, and the Patroons shot 7 of 20. So it's not like they're a bad three-point shooting team, but... They had 60 points in the paint, and that's where they're going to assert their dominance as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they just have to limit the three. They played good in the first, and then after that, Shreveport just kind of took over the game each quarter by quarter, um, you know, just outscoring them by six to eight points every single quarter, just in or increasing the lead every single quarter, making it harder for the Patroons to come back. So they had a good start, but the biggest thing is going to be that second half, and I think that 
obviously Will Brown will accommodate to what that he's or to what he's seen in game one, and he'll come out with a better game plan for game two because the Patroons were, if you didn't know, they had the best record. I just said that. League. Oh, you did. Giving me uh, Celtics vibes right there. Playing good in the first half and then falling off in the second half. When did they play good in the first half? Uh, Their two wins against the Warriors. (laughs) So two out of the six games. We'll we'll not get into that. No. Um, We got a guest coming up. Uh, So I will will save the... uh, You know what? Actually, I'll just say it. Uh, So Bradley Delmar... Uh, won a contest uh, on one of our social media pages uh, probably like two months back. And we've been waiting for a moment um, where where our paths cross to uh, have, have him on the show and, and talk about some soccer. So uh, you guys are familiar, I'm sure, with the New York Shockers um, and with that league. And I want to learn more about it myself. I'm sure you guys want to learn more about it as well. Uh, so let's dive into that. Contest winner on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team, and the free 104.5 The Team app, Bradley Delmar. Coming up next, it's Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. You know, a lot of girls be thinking my songs are about them, but this is not to get confused. And welcome back here to any given fun day, hour number two, Sunday, July 3rd. And we are here to talk about some local soccer, right? Something that none of us would know, really. I mean, besides the shockers, if it slapped us in the back of the head. Right. So we uh, we had a contest. Right. And uh, I forgot what the uh, it, what, it, what it entailed uh, to. But, you know, that, that's uh, that's not neither here nor there. Uh, but we had a contest. We have a winner. Bradley Delmar joins the show. If I can if I press the right buttons. Right. And I should be able to press this button in a second. He should be able to pop up and everything should go well. And we're going to learn about soccer here in the capital region. So, Bradley, are you there? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. morning. So I did something right, and I, I usually don't do things right. So uh, <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, good morning. Congratulations on winning our contest and hopping here uh, on ESPN Radio 104.5, the team with us. And uh, we, we, have a, we have a pretty good friendship, so I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, you know, be super official. We know nothing. Like, we know the, the bare minimum about uh, soccer teams. We know the Shockers because we worked for the Shockers, uh, but we don't know a lot about the stockade. We don't know a lot about the other teams in the league. And that's where we need you to come into play. So I'm going to, I'm going to start you with this one, Bradley. All right. Can you first tell us how you became a fan of the stockade? I always liked that question because it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, uh, The team was founded in 2016. I didn't even know about it at that point. 2017, I came back from, uh, I went away to college, came back home, uh, ended up moving back in. And uh, my mom was working for, or is still working rather, for uh, Central Hudson. It's the local energy company. And in their newsletter, turned out one of their engineers was our was our starting striker that year. Um, and she said, oh, I know you like soccer. Go check out the team. Showed up the first game. And 
wasn't expecting anything. You know, I had been a uh, fan of uh, some of the MLS teams for a while. I'd been involved with the little bit of the Timbers Army, which is the uh, big supporters group out in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I, uh, I just show up, and all of a sudden, there's all this drumming and people walking in, and I'm, I just say to myself, "Yeah, that's where I want to be." And from there, I just kept uh, helping them grow. And uh, 2018, we got really organized. Uh, jokingly say uh well 2017 playoffs and then 2018 there was a bus trip to hartford we uh those were the two moments where it just clicked and it's like yeah we got to keep growing this and it's just it's been a whole ride since and uh we're joined here on espn radio by bradley delmar winner of an any given fun day giveaway and uh bradley my second question to you here is um we kind of connected in a strange way Right, we connected through almost being enemies at first uh, from the from the New York Shockers and the Kingston Stockade. Uh, can you kind of tell people um, what the one time in particular that that environment uh, about a year ago when we were at the New York Shockers game and just how crazy that? It, what, where do you think that this rivalry is really going to go uh, between these two teams and just the, the amount of fun for people that may not really uh, know too much about the soccer, you know, in here in the Capital Region and, and beyond. You know, it's it's a rarity in at least the U.S. soccer scene to have, you know, two two really frankly successful teams within an hour of each other. You know, the only exception may be you know NYC versus uh, versus the Red Bulls, or maybe maybe even out the two LA teams. But you got two teams in this area. You got Sake down in Kingston. You got uh, Shockers up playing out of uh, Colony. Both are drawing close to a thousand fans a game. Both have a rabid supporter section with, um, in, uh, Kingston, we got the Dutch guard. Uh, that's the group I'm a member of up in Albany. You have the cap city company. Uh, Alex is putting something together great there. You know, if you're into soccer, definitely join up with them. And, uh, well, this, uh, first trip down to Dietz, you know, this was, I don't think you were at that game, but you know, that two, nothing win for us. You guys had some fans travel even under COVID restrictions because that was <laughs> unfortunately still a thing back yeah. in May last year. But we come back up in June, you know, admittedly, admittedly, we hadn't lost a game that year. We were coming in a little cocky and, uh, well, we didn't do too hot. And, uh, 10th game, uh, back and forth between the fans a little bit. I think every time the first time the two fan groups match up, especially on the road, it gets a little intense, you know, nobody really knows each other at that point. Nobody really has talked with each other and been like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. You know, we'll, let's tailgate. Let's, let's cool down a little bit before we go in there and scream at each other. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it got a little intense, but then, you know, come back for the playoff game as a great night for us, yeah. a little disappointment for, on your guys' side, but yeah. uh, it, was, it was still a lot of fun. The, oh, big time. It was it's an incredible, you know, between the two groups, it, it's really just incredible to see two teams develop like this, grow their fan bases. You got two different models, you know, between what Afram's doing up there and what Dennis is doing down here. But, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's growing. I want to see it keep growing. And we are joined here on ESPN radio, one Oh four five, the team by Bradley Delmar, uh, winner of the AGF contest. And Bradley, this is Ray over here. And I just want to ask you, so you've been talking a little bit about the fan base and stuff like that. 
And I think, to be honest with you, when we saw you guys, when we saw the stockade roll in, right, and we were like, wow, like, we want to have something like that here for the first time um, when you guys first came and then we met you guys again in the playoffs. It was, it, yeah. we, it got put on us, right, to try and get as many people, get that kind of traction to it as well just because it was so cool to see, you know, fans being so loyal and supportive. Um, so what – I guess how is it on you to know that you're also not just – going out and supporting a team, but you're contributing to other people and other teams wanting to, to be like you guys in your fan base. You know, I, that's, that's the goal. At the end of the day, you want to, you want to see, you know, you, you go into a stadium. This happened a couple times that, you know, uh, back in 2017 in the playoffs, we went down to a team that played in uh, Morristown, New Jersey called, uh, at the time they were the Clarkstown Eagles, but now they're called FC Motown. Uh, and, we brought 300 people. They had like 10 fans. <laughs> That's why. By the next time, the next year you saw the pictures in the crowd, they were, they were bringing in a couple hundred people every game and they just kept growing. And then eventually two, a couple of years later, they made it to the, to the final, to the national finals, you know, being able to, you know, show like, Hey, this is what, you know, this is what happens when you're really passionate about team. This is how you, how you do it. I, I'm, I'm really happy, you know, to see, to see teams inspired by that. I know, um, a couple of the guys with, um, the group that is up there, Cap City Company, um, Alex and his family, they, they were originally stockade fans. I, I, you know, I, I remember one of the times we were set, you know, it was end of the game. We had, you know, we were setting off our smoke bombs and we looked down right after we're done and we see white smoke bombs coming off and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a bunch of guys that, you know, we, we didn't realize it, but you know, they were, they were driving down from Albany for the games, but then, you know, you guys get, got your local team and I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to think, you know, Hey, they saw what it could be. And they said, let's, let's create it up here too. Exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, I guess one thing too, that many people probably don't know about Bradley is the, the talent level, right. That, that is on these teams, especially the two teams that we've been talking about, the Kingston stockade and the New York shockers, can you go a little more in depth about just, you know, some of the guys that you may really like on, on the stockade or guys that you've paid attention to on the shockers and maybe their backgrounds of like, Hey, like these guys played elite level or wherever they played, like who are those guys that stick out to you? So if we're going stockade, um, you know, I, there's, it's been a tough year. There's been a lot of turnover. So there's a lot of new guys on the team this year, but, uh, I, I guess the two that I really got a got a call, um, really shout out is uh, Andre Cutler and Sebastian Cutler, who both are members of the U uh, twenty national team for Puerto Rico. You know, it, it's it's weird saying you know you got two national team players on your team, but yeah, these guys, you know, there was there was times during the season where it was like, hey, we can't make a game, we got to go, we got to go represent our country too. Um, but it, you know, I, if, if you ask me, we told me we'd have, you know, national team guys with national, you know, national team appearances, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, you would have giggled. I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, thinking about, you know, with the Shockers, though, I'm trying to remember his name, but. I think, a, he, I think, you know, exactly. Is it uh, a, a speedy fella? <laughs> Number 10. Yeah. He, yeah, uh, he Mr. Adetayo. Adetayo, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> honestly, I, I'm always impressed with with him. He he's burned us quite a few times uh, uh, when we played him. Um, another one, I just because 
just because he can get a little involved with the banter uh, and the fans. Uh, no, um, no. Yeah, uh, wisdom. Oh, uh, wiz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. during the yeah. during the the last game of the year last year, we were we were making diving motions at him. And after the playoff game, actually, I I was walking out from I was I was I was at uh, Tavern on the Turf getting a little you know get something to eat before I yeah. head head back home. And he's like. He showed me a video. He's like, I, I saw you guys doing that. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, also, of course, you guys, there's there's one guy to have played on both sides of the rivalry now. You got a, you got Pedro Spindola there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, he, uh, back in 2017, put up insane amount of goals for us. He was a big part of the team. A couple of years, he had a bit, couple, couple down seasons. Last year just didn't really work out, and then this year, whatever it was, he went played for you guys, and he's had he's had a revival. I'm, you know, I I can't say I can't say I can't say I'm not impressed. Yeah, no, hey, sometimes it just takes a different change of scenery. Um, yeah, but my final question here for you is, you know, there there's definitely um, a good amount of people in the capital region, and and you know, listening to us here on the radio that are looking for that soccer fandom and like, what can you tell us? I guess, how is it, how has it changed your, your perception on soccer here? And like, how, what can you tell us to get people uh, to become fans of these teams and to get to these games and, and watch them and such? You know, I, I always like to compare it a little bit to like what, what we had with minor league baseball for a while. Um, you know, you'd go to the game, you you know, some of the people you sit around, you get your beer, get your hot dog. Enjoy, you know, sit down and enjoy the game. It, it's it's the same type of thing. It's just a different sport on the field. You know, there's there's places for the guys who just want to hang out, have a beer, have a hot dog, you know, chill in the stadium with their friends and catch a game. And there's space for people who want to have a beer and go crazy yeah, and yeah, uh, really uh, support their support their team. And you know. And again, I, I really want to emphasize you got two great teams here. You know, you, if you're if you're south in the Hudson Valley, you got you got the Stockade playing at uh, Deet Stadium. Uh, I think at this point we only got a couple more reserve games this year. Our, um, we actually launched a new program this year. We have it's called the Stockade Futures. They're uh, high school and upcoming uh, freshmen that they're just starting to really develop their game. Hopefully. Uh, starting for us in a couple years. Um, and then of course you got a uh, shockers playing at Aframs and it, and uh, with them, you know, I, I, I want to just keep shouting them out, but you got two, you got two budding supporters groups up there with uh, on the women's side, you had for a little bit uh, drums along the Mohawk. I know they're kind of on hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've talked yeah. to Cam and I've talked, you know, I, I get it. Uh, the guys who who got that one started they they got a busy life right now they just started a new band um but you also got cap city company and uh you know they're they're growing something there I, you know I, I i really i got a lot of respect for them and uh you know it's they they i i see where they're going with it. I, you know i think about where we were you know 5 5 6 years ago and i see where they're at and they're they're getting it together it's 100%. good if you if you're into that scene, you know, check them out on Facebook. Go go join them. If you're south, of course. Come join us, Dutch Guard. But yeah, it's it it, it I, I I'm really happy to see how it's growing around here. Hundred percent. Well, 
Um, Bradley, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's good. It's good to know uh, that there's a that there's a strong soccer support around here, and you know somebody can actually come on and and, and inform us and, and tell us what's good and what's not. Um, but continue your fandom. Continue. Thank you for supporting AGF, of course. And uh, oh, yeah. you know we'll uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. I'm sure. Uh, but appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thanks, Everybody. man. A good fourth. And there he goes. There we go. So uh, congratulations once again to Bradley for coming on. If you guys are interested, we're going to be doing more giveaways in the future where you get opportunities to come on the radio and, you know, talk about what you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be the Yankees, the Mets, the Jets, the Giants. It can be the Kingston Stockade, right? So that is the that is the platform we try to uh, create here on any given fun day. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, it's time to talk about <laughs> the New York Yankees. <laughs> It is Any Given Fun Day. It's Joey Haas. It's Ray Osterhout. And it's Kobe Brickner. And we are here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 Team. It's Any Given Fun Day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. You are joined by Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brick Squad Brickner. I like that. We just had a uh, contest winner on our show, a giveaway winner, whatever you want to call it. Bradley won. Bradley comes on show. You want to win? Well, maybe you can come on show too. So that's how that goes. Stay tuned for those. Follow us on all our social media pages at Given Fun Day. And no, the name of our show is not Given Fun Day. It's any Given Fun Day. Um, but our tag, you know, our little at there is uh, at Given Fun Day. Uh, I want to talk about the Yankees and um, just continue the magical season that they're having and uh, talk about the good goods and the bads of this team. And uh, it, you know, it's been a lot of the same, but there's some differences. And I think one that, that I want to start off with, guys, is um, that old closer of ours, uh, Aroldis Chapman, I think his name is. Um, so, was hurt, goes on the I.L., returns from the I.L., pitches in the minors, comes up to the majors, gets his opportunity again, and throws to three batters and gives up three walks. Um, do what you want with that information. Uh, my question to you guys is, is Chapman done as the Yankees closer? I think as the Yankees closer, yeah. Um, you've had a resurgence in Clay Holmes this year. Uh, Michael King's been very good for them as well. So you have pieces in the bullpen, and this is one of, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times, I'm sure. This is one of the deeper bullpens that you can get. I mean, you have a guy in Jonathan Loisica who's obviously struggling this year, but... Last year is still was still one of the most dominant pitchers to come out of the bullpen, regardless of what team you were talking about. Um, so, you know, maybe you look at a guy like Loisica and a guy like Chapman. I think a lot of teams could still or would still be interested in them, and I think they both have a decent amount of stock uh, left in the tank, especially Loisica, to, to go out and maybe move somebody for another piece um, just to 
you know, Clay, Clay Holmes and, and Michael King obviously are, are doing their thing this year, but um, I think to get a veteran guy was the th- was where they went with Chapman, and they've brought him back for that specific reason, right? He's been in the league long enough. He he still throws you know 100 miles an hour and still has some nasty stuff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's always been about the mental side. That, that's been the thing that stopped Chapman from being you know one of the most dominant closers that we've seen in our lifetime. Oh, he He's has at, at points. He been, has that potential, that. but to, I'm I'm just saying consistently, consistently in general. Yes. Obviously, with you know relief pitching in general, we haven't seen anything too crazy. I I would say, and since since Mariano. Like to to say that like the most one of the most dominant relievers a guy like that I would say the closest thing to that would probably be like Josh Hader, if I'm being honest. Uh, who's the Kopech? Is that who it was? No, no. Who am I thinking? Who's the closer for Chicago? Liam oh, Hendricks. Liam Hendricks. Hendricks. I'm sorry. Yeah, he had a good he had a few good seasons in a row. I just think Josh Hader's a guy who's gonna you know consistently no matter what team he's on he's gonna he's gonna have that type of dominant year. Um. But, I, I mean, I, you would say probably Chapman besides that, right? But he's just been inconsistent at times. But when he's on, man, no one's touching him, Nobody especially touch especially lefty-lefty. And that's the thing that, you know, kind of took it away is obviously the three-batter rule, right? He, you, you start to face more righties. You start to really not see go in just for that one batter or, or get that situational out or those situational two, two outs in a row. And it starts to change the mindsets of everybody. It's really about how good can you be against the lefty and against the righty. Um, and I think just his struggles this season, he started off good though, you know? So I don't think it's out. I don't think he's got nothing in the tank. I just don't think, I think he's going to be more of a middle relief guy, a setup guy more than the Yankees go to closer for the rest of the season. Cobra. So when you say that your last comment there, are we going to see like him become a little bit mental? Cause he's going to lose that closing spot he's already mental you can't get right. he, he, is it gonna really get not, worse I, I don't think it can get worse yeah, he I don't, comes in he yeah. came back off his off not pitching in 30 days we'll say right hypothetically it could have been more could have been less and it, that's a time to wipe your mental and he comes back in and throws three walks right away like you got to go well you're I done mean, you're done i guess we'll have to see his next outing uh because he, I, if i were the yankees i wouldn't give him a next outing for a little bit I'll, I'll tell you this too as someone who's just like Seeing pitchers go through that slump, the thing that and, – and it's more for starters going to the pen, right, is kind of the thing that you start to see. Like think about a guy you actually named in Kopech, right? He came in the league. He was throwing 100, and people were like, oh, my God, he's going to be nasty. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He struggled when he came in as a starter. They moved him to the pen. He started to settle down, to get three to four innings at a time, and then he started to be dominant and, and work his way into – you know, the pitcher that we know him to today, to this year, he's been a lot better consistency-wise. With closers, you can't just throw them into the start. Like, it's it's not the same thing. They're so used to facing three batters, doing one inning, getting in and out, besides some middle relief guys like a guy like Michael King. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so what I would do for them, throw them in when, when you guys are down six. Yeah, yeah. Throw him in when yeah. you guys are down seven. I agree. I agree right? 100%. Like, yeah. get his confidence back somewhere. You have to because if you're putting him in those tight situations where he's expected to succeed, and if he doesn't, he's going to get reamed for it, it's going to just be worse on him mentally. If he can go out there and just go one, two, three, bang, 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 like three Ks, and he's done for the day, and he's like, wow, that felt good. Like, I still have that. Yeah, yeah. That's what he needs. Otherwise, it's it's chalked for the rest of the 100%, season. 100%. It's chalked. And it, 
I'll say this because I do want to, you know, actually, let's leave it right there, right, as far as the Chapman conversation goes because there's so many other aspects of this Yankees team. Yes. Like the stinker himself, Joey Gallo. (laughs) There was a stat that I saw yesterday, and it went along the lines of Miguel Andujar uh, in the last two weeks has more hits than Joey Gallo, and and, and, and Andujar got called up yesterday and, and got a hit. And, um... Guys, I, I'll I, say this though. What? He's got a positive war this year. Come you on. Know, dude. Do you know what it is? What? It's point, point, point one. There you go. <laughs> I'll just, I, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to get too far into this. Oh, I'm just going to say it and I'm going to get it off my chest. I, I see, you know, we post our, our stuff on a lot of social pages and people are like, oh, you know, this guy's got a gold glove. You got to be able to hit the baseball. Oh. You can't. He can't even put the bat on the ball, especially when you play for the Yankees. Think about this though. And they're like, oh well, you know, nine hitter. Oh, you can hit forty home runs as the nine hitter at bat one eighty. This guy might not might might not get twenty home runs this year. And that was going to be my point. Let me go and look at his stats when he was on the Rangers. Yeah, he was batting two. How many bombs did he have? And forty he home runs. Two. He had two forty home run seasons, yeah. and then he back had to back. And yep, and then he had the uh, twenty. Oh no, that was between. Was that between two years? Yeah, that looks like it was between two years that he had um, thirty-eight because of the COVID year. And those seasons, he hit two hundred nine and two hundred six. And I would take that in a heartbeat. But he's not hitting. But he's those not home even runs. near he's that. He's not hitting those. And he's not even near two. Uh, what's he? One eighty something probably. In that range. Yeah, and he strikes out every at bat. Yeah. Like, well, the thing is, is but here's the thing. Aaron Judge has three less K's than Judge or than Gallo this year. Three. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna like Yankees fans are all right with that. You know why? Because he's playing like the MVP every other time he's, he's up at bat. He's got a two ninety four average with thirty ding dongs and sixty ribbies already. The, and, and he exactly has every clutch point. hit known so to Yankees jo- players this year. And if Joey yeah. Gallo was doing half of that, half of it, literally half of it, if he was batting two forty in the nine, half of it. Like, dude, he's got to go. He's got to go. It's not even a conversation to be had anymore. He's got to go. Matt Carpenter is taking the spot at DH. He's been really, really good for them so far in the, what, 13 games or whatever that he's played for him. Yeah. He's hitting above 290. He's got a couple bombs. He's had some clutch hits, and he loves it there. He already loves the environment, loves oh, he's, playing he's there. He's loved it every single time. He's like, he, there was a quote that came out yesterday, and it was like, I feel like a kid. Every time I put that jersey on, so and like and like I've said and like I've said so many times before, some guys just aren't meant for the bright lights. Get this guy out of here. Go play. That's what I'm going to say. Go play in Oakland, and gar- and I guarantee you, he'll, he'll hit probably, 207 with 34 home runs. I guarantee it because Take he it. doesn't have pressure. He's got pressure in the nine spot. Any wherever you are in a Yankees lineup. On the field, in the you're bullpen. On, on the Yankees. You are on the New York Yankees, the most expected team in, in baseball, year in, year out, to compete in, for a championship and be a title contender. And if you're not cutting it, you need to get out of New York. Get out. Get him out of here. Because otherwise his career is, I he mean, reeks. his stock is dropping by the game for I the Yankees. I smell him from here, how bad he stinks. Yeah. It's like rotten cabbage. Uh, and, and and I'm sorry. There's no there's no convincing of of jo- Joey Gallo could go out every game before the All Star game and put the bat on the ball three out of four at bats, and I'm still going to say get out of here. I can give you probably get out of here. I can get out give of you here. Th- 
50 other outfielders I'd rather have. Yeah, me too. Um, Joey Gallo, uh, Chapman. Then there's been good, right? Anthony Rizzo is on pace to hit like 45 home runs this year. Uh, there's there Here's the stat that I'll leave you guys with uh, as far as the Yankees go. And, and, and we could even bring this into the next conversation if you want. Uh, but I got two other things that I do want to talk about. There's nine guys in baseball over 20 home runs this year. One third of them is the New York is, is our players on the New York Yankees. That would be Mr. Tony Rizzo, Gone Carlos Stanton, and Aaron Judge. So is it how many nine or above 20? nine guys above 20? Who's the other one? Goldschmidt. Uh, I, I mean. I, I, don't I don't know if the top is the top of the rip, but oh, I thought you, I thought you knew the whole list. No, like, no, no, it was just, just the three of the Yankees. Nine. Yeah. I figured, yeah. No, it, literally, that was all that said. It was like there's there's nine guys, three of them are on the Yankees, and it was a picture of those three. Uh, so that's that's that that's obviously the bright spot of the team. Um, and I'll and I'll say this too: Miguel Andujar got done dirty by the Yankees, and he needs to get sent up, and Joey Gallo needs to just get kicked off the team. That's Andujar's spot. It's time. It's time. It's time. You think Andujar, though, was... Absolutely. He got robbed of Rookie of the Year a couple years ago. I don't know, but he... Dude, he is He's a, good. He is a liability in the field. Dude. A liability. Would you rather have... It, no, he can He can feel the routine play. He can't feel... <laughs> yes, he can. No, he can't, he can't feel, like, the crazy plays. And I'll give that to Joey. But I won't give him... I, Miguel Andujar would never, would never disgrace himself enough to bat one eighty. And I understand that, but my point to you is, I if I'm a Yankees fan, I don't want to see either of them. Like, go get somebody that gives me a fresh face and a fresh look, please. Because if you're gonna sit, what are you gonna do if Andujar doesn't work out? Make a trade. Dominguez, I'm saying him up. I'm saying if it's too late, somebody. I'm saying after the deadline. If if you don't, if you wait, and you just like okay. We're just going to stick with the team we have. What do you do? Oh, and Duhar all day. I'm saying, what if he doesn't work out? You go back to Gallo? No. So you, you ha- don't. That's what I mean. Is like, I feel like you have to use one of those two pieces to go get, or if not, Ben Attendee. Yeah, that's the guy I've been, that's the guy I want. And I think we have every, everything to get him. Yeah, you do. I just don't know if the Royals would, would give him up. I think if the Yankees offer enough, they'll they'll give them up. The Yankees know that this is their year. <laughs> you probably give up like Lawizaco and Gallo for Benatendi. Take it, take it. They could go get uh, and, Brett Gardner, and, and you could probably get it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I saw they were having dinner with him the other no, night. No, that was from a year ago. Oh, okay, <laughs> I saw the pictures. I was like, no way. No, nope. Because right, I was like, wait this. a minute. What do you got, Kobe? The ghost of Hideki Matsui. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. Bring back Randy Wynn. Gary Sheffield Jr. plays for the. Uh, does he play for the Sox? The uh, their lower lower uh, A team, the Sea Dogs. No, Sea Dogs. The other I mean, one. I was gonna say the. Um, I think they're the Sea Dogs. No, no they're, they're the Sox. The pos or no? You're really throwing a bunch of curveballs at me, dude. I don't know. Some type of with, with all with all the stuff that's been going on with the minor leagues, I don't even know who's a team anymore. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, they change every single season now. Yeah, yeah, they do. No, they do. I agree. Let's talk. Um, sea dogs is right though. I know that for a fact. Let's let's do this. Let's go to a break right now. We'll come back. It's Kevin Durant time on EGF, and then we'll close out with uh, with a special conversation near and dear to my heart. Uh, so when we come back, Kevin Durant talk. 
It's Joey Haas, Ray Ostrown, Kobe Brickner, and this is Any Given Fun Day, if you weren't uh, already uh, informed on that. And we are here on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the Free, 104.5 The Team app. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5, the team in the free. 104.5, the team app. That is Manfred Mann's Earth Band. And this is Joey Haas, Ray Ostrout, and Kobe Breckner. And we're here to talk with you at this point in the show. And, you know, there's two ways that I could could have done this. And I was going to go to break in between this segment and the next. But we're just going to roll straight through until 55. We're going to give ourselves a 15-minute segment. We're going to get out of here. All right. So, first and foremost, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, we all know, all right? I gave us a a kind of a rundown of what happened earlier. Uh, But just for those who are just joining us, uh, basically the the song and dance kind of went like this. So the tune starts, right? And it's Kyrie Irving. And he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. All right, I'm done. Like, I want to go to the Lakers. And then Kevin Durant. Is like, no, Kyrie, no. And then Kyrie's like, all right, fine, I'm, I'm going to stay. And then Kevin Durant's like, ha, psych, got you. I'm out. And he's like, yeah, I'm requesting a trade, and I'm not going to do it the way you did it. He's like, I'm going straight to the GM, straight to the president. I'm like, yo, straight face-to-face, I'm out. Peace. And then Kyrie's like, wait, Kevin, why'd you do that? And then Kevin's like, yo, Kyrie, don't forget, we're going to play on the same team together. We just don't want to play here anymore. And Kyrie's like, oh, right, yeah, 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 we're going to do that. So now we're in this dilemma where we talked about Kyrie Irving earlier. And if you missed that, you'll hear it on the replay that I that uh, is posted on um, Apple Podcasts if you want to hear about Kyrie. But we're here to talk about Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is, uh, you know, doing his normal snake moves and trying to crawl his way back into another number one uh seed in the, in, uh, in the uh, Western Conference, and that would be the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat, uh, both respectfully number one seeds, okay? So let's play the same game. We played it a little while ago with Kyrie. Let's play it with Kevin. Raymond, you're up first. Not where, where do you think he's going to go, but where do you want Kevin Durant to go? Uh, I, I said it to you before the show. I, w- I want to see him go to Portland. I do. Um, you've convinced me to that fact that I want to see it. I want to see Damian Lillard have some fun playing basketball again, enjoying himself out there in Portland. And I think that they actually have got went and got pieces that are made to build around a star player or two star players to make them uh, a championship caliber team. They also got a great fan base out there. I think he would be welcome with open arms. And I don't know. I just think that that would be the best spot for him specifically. And I'll go back to this one as well. If I'm talk, if we're talking about the best deal for the Brooklyn Nets, I'm saying the Phoenix Suns, and, and strictly because I don't. We've talked, we talked about that as well. I don't know if I would take the Phoenix Suns roster over the Brooklyn Nets roster with how much they're willing to give up for Kevin Durant. 
just because their depth goes down into very minimal. It's basically your starting five, and then you don't you have to rely on um, Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit off the bench. Is Landry Shamit still a part of the Phoenix Suns? Is that anybody? <laughs> to my knowledge, I mean, I haven't seen anything of his name around the around free agency, so I'm going off of that fact. But you get what I'm saying, right? If those are your two off the bench, and then where does it go from there? It's kind of a scary situation to who's even going to come in and give you, you know, realistic points off the bench because last year it wasn't even enough when, um, when they were there in the first place. All right, I mean, I, those are both fair, Kobe. Where do you where do you want to see him go first, and then whatever Ray did. Uh, what's the best package that should, if you're Brooklyn, like where do you think? Where do I want to see him go? That's a tough. That's a tough question because I love Kevin Durant. Um, I know also punter, goat punter Pat McAfee loves the guy too. Um, he's great for the NBA. However, I think where I want him to go, I don't know. It'd be really, really cool if he went back to OKC for just some reason. I know like that ain't ever gonna happen, but wow. That would be just storybook right there. Oh, um, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be fun. Would they welcome him though? You think? Yeah, absolutely. You do? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. One dude. He, Kevin Durant was there for a long time. Um, that's where Kevin yeah. Durant made his name was in Oklahoma City. I guess you're right because we all when, were like LeBron's not gonna. Um, okay. LeBron went yeah. back and then. I mean, that's a different story though because LeBron, like, he became a villain for a little. Like, I, I think Kevin Durant's just always gonna be a villain because LeBron. Left, went to that Heat team, right? That the, like the, what was it called? The Reveal Show. I get it. Yeah. And Kobe, I don't I mean to cut you off. No, here. it's okay. But like, think of, and I don't want to get into this either too much. But like, Kevin Durant left his team to go to the most dominant team ever on paper in NBA history. Seventy three wins. Okay, I get the Heat were good. Like D Wade was was good, and I get they got they they went and got Bosh too, who was who was great. But they assembled that team. Like, Kevin Durant went to a team that was already assembled and was like, yo, hey, I'm going to just join you guys. Like, yeah, I'm just going to play a small forward here. Um, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm here. And then and then Kevin Durant then went to and formed, a, you know, another team in Brooklyn. Uh, but, you know, LeBron went to two poo-poo teams after. He went to, like, a 35-win Cavs team and, like, a 34-win Lakers team and won chips. But... Back to what you were saying, Kobe. I'm sorry. Well, Draymond Green said it himself. You can take this with a grain of salt, but he also said, hey, it, we weren't getting past the Cavs if we didn't have KD, which I find some merit to that because his point was over and over again, like you see these teams and you kind of get a feel for how they dominate and you can combat that. But that's the last thing I'll say there. Um I got to give it to the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they have a very good package. Um, If they were to go um, inquire about Kevin Durant, I think as a franchise, every team in the NBA should at least throw a shot out because he's showtime like that. He's probably top five most dominant players in the NBA right now. Do you think that he do you think he is as coveted as when LeBron was in his prime? To say that wherever he goes, he brings a team to a championship contender? Yes. Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. You could literally put him on a, a championship I mean, contender, though? Not any team, but that was the same case with LeBron. If you put LeBron on the worst team in the NBA back when he was in his prime, he still couldn't bring him a chip. No. 
if he went to the Orlando Magic back when they were, you know, poo-poo, right? Or, or the Pistons, like, he wouldn't have brought them to a He would have made them a playoff contender with championship upside. But, like, Kevin Durant is the same thing. Like, if he went to the worst team in the NBA right now, although I do think that there's a different level of talent now in the NBA, like, I think even the bad teams are good in that, in that case. Like, they're not as bad, right? Like, they, they're the, the floor has risen um, since then. But point being, there's, like, 90% of teams that KD went to where it's like, okay, if they make one more move or like they add in a couple role guys, like yeah, they're going. They could they can make a run for the finals. Yeah, and that's something you can't like disregard. I think if Kevin Durant goes to a team, it needs to be an assembled team. They have to have role players. We saw it with the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't really have much behind KD until it was too late. I mean, they went and got Drummond and uh, Seth Curry. Well, hold on, because they went. They they had it. Did they? Yeah. They traded James Harden for a guy who didn't play. Whose fault was that? Well, that was Harden. Harden's just a jerk. You well, know that. I, Harden I forced his way out like he always does. Like That's his, I that's his favorite thing to I do I understand now. that, but there had to be something else, especially now if both Katie and Kyrie want out of Brooklyn. Are we, not, are we just going past that, too? I, I think they're just frustrated, and it's like, oh, well, we can both change scenes, but hey, I like you enough. Let's go play together somewhere else, maybe. I don't think they're gonna though. Right, but that's what I'm saying is I feel like it's just Brooklyn at this point. I feel yeah, like I feel like it's, be, got, it feel like it's gotta be something from the top down because maybe bro, we were taught like we were talking about James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant being the the like the best trio maybe of all time. Three on a team. Yeah, they played like four games. And they played four games together and it, it was stunk. dysfunctional. Yeah. But a ma- like I'm just saying that he had he had the pieces in mind. And even without Harden there. Like they needed to bring they I don't know why they went and did what they did, knowing no, that no. Simmons wasn't going to even play most likely in the first round at least, and then your first round matchup is against the team that went to the finals. All right, Cole, what's your package? What's my package for New Orleans? Or yes, no, yeah, yeah no, uh, no, no, just like what's your best package that that the Nets could receive? Oh, um, Brandon Ingram would be the focal point. Um, I think they're going to give have to give up like one role guy. Um, and then they've probably got Kirk a lot, Jones. they've got a lot of picks. Like they've gotten <laughs> so many picks. So probably <laughs> four to five picks. Maybe they got them though. Right. Yeah. They got a bunch of picks. They got like yeah. Lakers picks. They got, um, they but yeah, I mean, if then you look at McCollum, Zion coming back, Alvarado sensation. Like I, I feel yeah, like it's a good team. It's I good feel team. like they got it. Well, and the thing too with me is for, for the Nets, you are like, like you could have just gone like this could have gone very bad for you, right? If both of these players went like were free agents this year right. and you, you weren't just getting lose them. Yeah, you just right. lost them. Now they're, yeah, they're rebuilding. It's a rebuild. Yeah. So now you can go out and you can build a team and f- be like, yo, who all right, we have like we have Joe Harris coming back, we lost Bruce Brown, so we gotta go get another guy like that. But they still got Ben Simmons, like I I, I whatever he's worth, like right. he's still a young star. And that's what I'm saying. He, the last time he played Whoa. basketball, he was still a star. I can't consider Bubble anybody. Ben Simmons. I can't consider anybody a star who can't shoot the basketball. All right, fair enough. Not going down that rabbit hole. Uh, Joey's turn. Here we go. Good, Joe. I think the. I think. Where do I want to see Kevin Durant play? Boston. I think that would be fun. I think Durant and Tatum. Show him how to. Show him the ropes. 
Well, just say like, hey, like you're right here, right? If you're Kevin Durant, you're saying, hey, Jason, you're right here. I can bring you just a little bit. I can bring you to that, right? And I think that's what Tatum needs. And you, you, the package. I think it's also probably it, it's debatable the best package, uh, but I think it's right up there. Okay, if you're if you're the Nets, you're getting Jalen Brown in return. Which just to expand on that first. Jalen Brown going to the Brooklyn Nets would give him reins to be the number one scorer on your basketball team. I don't know what he can do yet, but I would love to see it happen. I would love to see what he can do. You give him Ben Simmons, and we'll see where it goes, okay? Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, he's out. He's got to go. It's going to be a big, fat package, so it's got to be Marcus Smart that's out of there. Uh, Next is Peyton Pritchard, right? That's just a filler. He's good. He's not great. He's a good bench guy. Uh, Grant Williams is going to be in the mix, and you're going to get two first round picks. No, that's that's too much. That's that is way too much. That is exactly what they're asking for. No way. I'm Absolutely. not giving that. I'm not giving nah. that for KD, bro. I I would 100. percent If you what? talk, dude, we're talking two. Who top- is your bench? You go. You you're go. going with 45 year old Al. Yeah. Come, Joe. Right. I know what he did, but look what it was. What like. You're just relying on KD and Jason Tatum after what Jason Tatum just did in the finals? No, they still have they still there's still more to the team. Who? Derek White? Derek White. Okay, so you got four players right Brogdon. now. Okay, five. Who else? Not Tice. Not- A couple vet men's, man. That's all. That's all they need. No, it is not. Their their depth is what's like they just went and they became one of the most one of the deepest teams in the NBA. With making the move for Brogdon for a bag of Doritos. And now you're just going to go throw it all away to Gallinari, get Kevin Durant? Gallinari's on oh the team. Come on, man. Then the, Joe, for what you're giving up, you are a cha- You are the number one championship Robert Will- team. Robert Williams betting. is still on the team. You are the number one overall bet to win the championship with this team right now. I guarantee they go down three or four if they make that move. 100%. You t- you can't tell me that that team is deep enough to win a chip. So you're gonna I'm gonna leave you with this on this conversation. They were too All important right? in the entire. If you have a starting five, okay, just a starting five. You need more in the NBA let than me, just let a me talk. Starting let five. me talk. Let me finish. I let you. I let you talk. Let me talk. Malcolm Brogdon is your point guard. Your number two is probably. I mean, what do you put Tatum in there? It'll be Tatum as a as a it's hybrid. It's gonna be Tatum, KD, KD, Al Horford, and Covington. Or no, no, no. Um, one Williams. is Brogdon. Williams. Two is Tatum. Three is KD. Four is Derek White, and five is Robert Williams. Coming off your bench, you have Gallinari and Al Horford. Al Horford, and whatever else you get in the deal. You probably so you think Seth, that they probably Seth Curry? If they get yeah, I, I thought you were just saying just for KD. That's not worth it. No, but if you get if, if you get Seth or eh. Joe Harris, one of those eh. guys is in the mix. You got to yeah. make money work. So there you go. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like if, if I'm saying we were saying that the the deal that you set on the table was all of those guys just for KD. That's not enough. I think if they get Kevin Durant plus one guy, they're I think they're fine. And the and you that guy an is you have an eight man lineup, and I'm rolling with that. And then I you agree fill with in. you there. I was. I thought you were. I thought you were saying just no, for that, KD. It, that's not humanly possible. No, that Jalen Brown's on a max deal and, and Durant's on a max deal. Those cancel out. 
you got to make the money work. If Smart Smart's involved in the deal, he's I, get, he gets paid in the twenties. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Is we didn't know you were saying that because when you said and when you added that last player in Grant, like before that it was good. And then you added Grant Williams, who was a key piece of their team going throughout the playoffs this year. I know we didn't show up in the finals, but to get them there at least, they needed something else in return, and that's why we were confused because you didn't say that. Oh well, sorry, sorry. No, that's but that's why we were so on different sides on that is because KD just KD going to the money, Celtics money would never work. Right, you need to add in somebody. I know, but I'm saying that if it was just KD, that would be a way worse team than you need. You need at least one more guy in that. Well, deal yeah, to give it. it I, I I was thinking you guys thought there was givens anyway because there has to be givens. You can't. It, the there NBA been, wouldn't allow a one man for six men plus two picks trade. Well, that's what I, we were just talking about. KD, we were never talking about anybody else being involved in the trades. Well, right, but I'm just saying the money would never worked. Like they're need they're like I was already putting in the givens as just like there's givens. There hasn't been a given in any other trade deal that we've talked about. The Gobert trade worked because of Gobert's pay. That's all. I'm saying with the with the trades that we've discussed about the net so far, there hasn't been any givens in any of those. Oh well, there's trades. there's givens in all of them. There has to be. Not, yeah, maybe not good players, but, but right, pro players, right? But the guys that aren't going to make a difference. Debatable. I got somebody who's made a difference. All right. Off to Kevin Durant talk. Closing out the show. Tip of the hat. A a, a great moment for all three of us. And it might bring a tear to my eye. Tommy Kretzler. Tri-City Valley Cat, at least for right now. But a tip of the hat to uh, a brother of ours, at least, right? I'm looking. I'm getting teary-eyed, man. How great is it? How great is it? How great is it? It's like, amazing. To, to, th- to think about, you know, I said that I saw the stat to you just to see, you know, a guy. Um, I, w- I was playing with him in fall ball when he was going through his switch hitting days. I don't know if you guys remember that stage of his career. I, do. I also do. Um, but, you know, I would go up to him. I go, yo, I go, I know you can do it. I, go, I, I know how good of a player you are. But I was like, one side, man. I was like, I know what side you're good at. And he's like, nah, I know. He's like, I just want to be. He's he just always wanted to learn. He always wanted to be, you know, a baseball player, dude. That's uh, just a straight dream. up baseball. He's player. had love for it, and he's and he's wanted to just get better in every way that he like. You know, he knows what he needs to get better at, and it's kind of crazy to me, you know, to see a guy like that, especially go, you know, Division three, do what he did at Brockport, legend, and probably then, the best Brockport then, baseball player ever. Oh yeah, and then to come back home, um, and in his first appearance <laughs> with the Valley two Cats. Close out the game. Two inning save for Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker. Can you write? Cool. Can you write a better story it's if you're t- cool for Tommy Kretzler? Can you? No. Can so, you? So I wanted just a quick story beyond or better hurry up. We got two minutes. Tommy Kretzler. All right. So my friend Ant and I were at Lakeville just playing baseball a little bit, throwing the ball a little bit. We saw somebody on the other side of the field. Lakeville's got a big field. And who was it? It was Tommy Kretzler. He has earphones in, just throwing against the fence, going back further and further. I'm like, yeah, we should go say hi. And it's like, nah, let him go. He's he's grinding right now. And we watched him for a little bit, and he was in the zone. He That dude wants it. And what is like, he right now? Is he a pitcher? Is he a hitter? He could do anything he, he do, wants. Yeah, he can do bro. anything he, he wants. Bro, look up baseball player in the dictionary. Tommy Kretzer, baseball yeah. player. And now, and like I said, dude, just to close it out, man, I mean, 
he was always he was always coming up to me, just always asking oh, he's questions, the man. asking me questions, like you know, off the or when we were just sitting there in the dugout joking around and stuff like that. But he would come up and be like, "Yo, like what? Like what did you see? What What do you think? What this or that?" And um, you know, just people seeing people love the game as much as you do, and wanting to get better every pitch, every at bat. Um, it, it doesn't come around very often, and he's wanted it, and he and he deserves every second. And every minute that he's getting on that field, especially for a team, you know, obviously, um, especially around here. Great friend of the show, great friend of ours, great friend of just a great friend in general. Tip of the hat to Tommy Kretzler, wherever he goes next and whatever his next move is. But enjoy this one, brother. And uh, we're, we're rooting for you here. Fellas, it's time to go. I'm pushed up against the clock. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Any Given Funday here on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team in the free, 104.5 The Team app. We will talk to you again in a few days. Check us out on all podcast platforms, all social medias, and we will see you again. Well, he did the whole, you know, the show. The, what's right, it called? Right.